Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. Our second reading this morning is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, verses 1 to 10. Hear now the word of the Lord. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eye sees or decide by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall lie down with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the adder's den. They will not be hurt or destroy on my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And on that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. Let us pray. Almighty God, we ask that on this day, as we remember the upcoming gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, that our hearts may be full this Advent season, or that we may continue to seek to fill them, O Lord, with the hope, with the joy, with the love and the peace that Christ came to offer each and every one of us. We ask these things in your most blessed name. Amen. What does it mean to be at peace? I mean, really, what is peace? What does it mean to have that peace in your own life? I guess it really depends on who you ask. Because peace can mean many different things to many different people. A motivational speaker like David Ramsey, for example, will tell you that financial health is what will lead you to a path of peace. If you look around, you'll find a plethora of self-help books that will tell you that all you need is to look deep within yourself to find peace via message such as positive self-talk or good affirmations. We often talk about peace in terms of our own well-being, which is fine, but there's something else that we need to remember as well. 
what would it look like for us to talk about the kind of peace that Isaiah talks about this morning? Because let me tell you, the peace that we find in Isaiah's prophecy looks quite different from the kind of peace the world tells us that we need. You see, the promise, the glimpse of peace this morning from the prophet Isaiah is found within the context of very tumultuous times. The people of Israel are in exile. The people of ancient Israel and the kingdom of Judah were taken into captivity and brought to live in a little-known place called the Assyrian Empire. Can you imagine what it must have been like to be forcibly removed from your home and brought to a place you didn't know, a place you knew nothing about, a place you've never been to? In a situation like that, wouldn't we want to catch whatever glimpse of peace we could get our hands on? But it is in those hard places, those hard spaces, where the prophecy of Isaiah enters into the picture and offers a foretaste of what is to come, if we are willing to trust that God will usher in peace through unexpected means. It makes me wonder if there are experiences within our own life that can help us really to hone in on that promise of peace, the prophetic words that we hear this morning from Isaiah. I don't know if it's one experience, but I was thinking about it as I was reading an article about an interesting piece of art. You see, in 1935, the United States Department of Justice found its permanent home on 950 Constitution Avenue Northwest in uh, Washington, D.C. And at, around this time, murals uh, funded by the Public Works, Works Art Projects uh, were commissioned. And between the years 1938 and 1941, and even as late as 68, to present artists' interpretations of what justice could and should look like in the United States. One of these pieces of art originated from a Russian immigrant uh, named Shemin, who painted a mural called Contemporary Justice and the Child. It took Shemin four years to complete the painting, I probably would have given up since I would have gotten frustrated. But it can still be seen to this day on the third floor of the Department of Justice building in Washington, D.C. Through the eyes of this Russian immigrant, we catch an outsider's view, an artist's view, a glimpse of what justice, of where justice has been absent and what it could be like. And that's maybe what the most intriguing thing about this painting is, is that we catch sight of what the future could look like for all of us. You see, if you look at this painting starting on the left-hand side, you'll see that Shemin starts out with these dark images, with factories of pouring out tons of smoke into the sky that blot out the sun. Then you see haunting eyes and malnourished faces coming from a mass of poor, from the countless poor in this country, who are depicted with shadowy gray and black hues. We also see on the left side of this painting a pair of men who are asleep, their bodies twisted and bent, hidden from the eyes of the public. 
In all these instances, Shemin puts art to work so that it tells a story of the unjust systems. Systems that keep the poor poor. Systems that prop up the rich and powerful, and so then they can pit neighbor against neighbor. And it tells a story of suffering so that we might be reminded of where we've come from. There's something, though, that happens by the time we reach the middle of this painting, though. You see there's a a hand holding a pair of architect's tools. In the middle, there's a hand, a brown hand, an African-American hand that symbolizes a new era. And as we come around the bend, we begin to see women working alongside men, laying out the plans for a just land. Shemin also shows us scientists, artists, musicians of every race, color, and creed innovating for a prosperous tomorrow. And in the upper right-hand corner, Shemin depicts a scene of greenery, a land with clean air, which stands in stark contrast to the polluted creation that we saw previously. Perhaps, though, which is at the heart of what I want to get at, is that at the center of Shemin's artistic vision, we're drawn back to a theme we find in this morning's passage. We find in the middle of this painting a mother with her arms wrapped around a child. We're tempted to think that innocence or naivete or being young make it so that you can't contribute anything worthwhile to our quest of peace. But thinking back to that child in the center of Shemin's mural, and as I think about the countless children and youth of our own who have helped peel back the scales from our eyes in order to show us something new, a glimpse into the peace that Isaiah talks about. One such child we might remember as having led the way for us is perhaps uh, Ruby Bridges, who took the first steps, hard steps nonetheless, to be the first African-American child to desegregate the all-white William France Elementary School in New Orleans on November 14, 1960. The prophet Isaiah says, the wolf shall lie down with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatland together, and the little child shall lead them. The question that we face this morning is this. Will he let the little child lead us? Will he let the little child lead us to that peace that flows from the throne of God? Are we willing to let ourselves be led to peace from those who we think are unlikely heralds of peace? Or will we try and scurry to make a peace of our own design? Ignoring the potential fulfillment of that true shalom that the little child, our children today, have come to show us. Have we really become so jaded by the world and the news that we aren't able to hear the cries of what the future could be if we only listened and followed in faith? That is something we need to ask ourselves this Advent season as we await the birth of Jesus Christ, the Christ child. Because we are told this morning in the prophecy from Isaiah that the Savior of the world was not going to come with military might. There were no 
rounds of artillery, no Air Force called in, no Marines on standby. No, the prophecy tells us that the Christ child will come in a meek and lowly form. If we are able to stop and listen, we might be able to hear those voices speaking to us in each and every one of our own unique contexts. In some ways, we are still in exile. We may not be in an unfamiliar place. We may not be stranded far away from home. But we are confronted with brokenness, broken relationships that we have with one another and with God. Yet in that brokenness, there is a chance for us to find the peace that we hear this morning, the kind of peace that soothes our afflicted souls. We just have to be willing to be led to it by children, the Christ child, those who are unassuming. We have to crack open our hardened hearts and allow ourselves to feel again. And we have to be ready to go out into the wilderness to find that peace by having some conversations with people we might not want to talk to in the first place. Because it will be there and it will be in those conversations that we find the kind of wholeness that the prophet Isaiah was talking about. I'm a little disappointed, though, this morning that I didn't get to focus much on uh, the first reading we had this morning, the one about John the Baptist, because that is another voice we hear this morning as well, one that could help us on our way to see where it is we are going. John the Baptist from our first reading this morning who cries out in the wilderness, who is one of those people we might not want to talk to if we saw him. I mean, really, someone wearing loincloths eating locusts and wouldn't be the kind of person I would talk to at first. But if we find that we are willing to go out and meet those people, the John the Baptist of the world, the children of the world, that we might see the prophecy of Isaiah coming into life. That when we put our faith into action for God's peace, it will lead us to new and unexpected things. So will we hear and respond to what the Baptist says to us today? Will we listen and respond to the little children who are in our midst, telling us what we need to do in order to secure a peace for their children as well? Because if we can listen to the cries of the Christ child, then maybe there is still hope that one day our ears may hear and our bodies can also then take up the call to action. As we continue our Advent journey, we will still be reminded of the hurdles that we need to overcome. There are the King Herods of the world. There are the brood of vipers who try to make themselves look good. And there are the Pontius Pilots and the Assyrians in our midst who are around us who try to prey on the powerless. And so that is why we need to equip ourselves all the more with hope that we talked about last week and with peace as we are reminded today. Because the Christ child is coming the one who will set our feet on a path that leads to wholeness. 
and has put numerous other children, numerous other messengers, numerous advocates in our way to remind us of the peace that exists in God's kingdom. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.